You are listening to an episode of the Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. We are so happy you're here. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on so you don't miss a thing. And if you're a bit late to the party, welcome. Why not pop back and catch up on any episodes you've missed so far? Hello and welcome to episode 8 of our Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. I am your host, Karen. And each episode, I'll be welcoming people into our Beehive pod and harassing them for stories for you to share in as you go about your day. Today, I'm joined by Charlotte. Hello. Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Back in the pod. Back in, back in the pod. That is special, back in the pod. That is really special. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag back, back in, in the back pod. In the pod. <laughs> pog. Back in the pog. Uh, yes. Um, Charlotte, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Today, I wanted to talk to you about your role and all things Team Beehive. Wood, wood. Um, volunteers, volunteering, all of that jazz. I can do that. Brilliant. Um, so as we chatted about a few episodes ago, in January 2020, feels like a lifetime ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've all aged a lot. Yeah, in... I've got way more lines mm, now. Me too. Mm. Um, Grey hair. Um, January 2020, we got a grant that meant that we could employ you in a new role. You were originally employed as our learning and development management. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's not your title now. No. Um, and over this period of time, your role has changed and developed and grown as we, Beehive, has, um, and as you have, um, like fine-tuned not just what the Beehive needs, but who you are yeah. and what you feel like you wanted your role to look like. So you came out of teaching. I did. You were a teacher for many years, right? I was a teacher on and off for many years yeah. whilst producing my own sproglets, <laughs> as well as educating and looking after other people's. Um, did a bit of a stint in nursery. Nice. Did some stuff. With, Lots of snot. Oh, always snot. You mm. never wear black t- trousers as yeah. an earliest teacher because you just end up with like slugs around your yeah. thighs. So much body um, fluid. Oh gosh, yeah, from mm. every end. Um, and then did a bit of advisory stuff and yeah a teaching for me was very much something that I felt was intrinsic in me and you were like an incredible teacher and I can say that from like firsthand like you were brilliant at your job you really were I mean you're you're doing that funny little smile that you do when you're like yes Karen feel free to say the things I won't yes um but you were great and um you were really good at it, but you needed a change. Um, something that you and I have said to each other so many times, like over our many years of friendship, <laughs> yeah. is that like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Absolutely. Right? We say that to each other regularly. Um, but you could do teaching. You were great at it. Mm. You were skilled at it. But at this point, when you um, left teaching and came into the beehive it no longer had brought you life right yeah so I'd gone from doing um a day a week to then doing two days a week to three days a week to four days a week to doing a terms cover um and it was it was the same old the same old and my heart 
was to be able to release life and identity and confidence and um, all the stuff that isn't in our national curriculum. Yeah. And I started, I think the phrase I used quite a lot is I felt like my wings were clipped. Yeah. And, and quite rightly so in some ways that there's not a lot of space in the school day to be doing those other things because schools have targets to get through yeah. and children have to work to meet those targets because the schools have to meet targets and there's pressure from government and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And it didn't sit with my personal values yeah. anymore. And it's really hard when you have that realisation that something that you do, that you do pretty well, that someone's paying you a pretty decent salary to do, that fits in with your lifestyle Mm -hmm. um, of going to work and working in the same school as your child, they come to work with you, so you've got... Before school, childcare sorted, because they just hang out in the book corner or play on the computer. Um, Summer holidays off, no having to work, Mm -hmm. you know, all those kind of things. And I knew deep down that there was a niggle that it wasn't the right thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that felt horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt horrendous because I'd only ever known being a teacher from yeah. right at the beginning of my career. And the reason that I'd stopped teaching was to have my own children. So it wasn't a case of like, I can't do teaching anymore. Yeah, it was yeah, a case yeah. of like, okay, you need I to need now pause. Be, and, yeah, I need to yeah. pause, be a mum, go yeah. back to it. And I was like, what am I going what am I going yeah. to do? And you like came home and you talked to Carl about it, came your husband. Home, yeah, talked to Carl about it and he was he I think he was relieved because I think he'd seen he'd seen my lack of joy. Yeah. And um and also like in any kind of public service sector, the cycles, they just come round again and round yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And and certain things I think he was fed up with hearing about. He was yeah. fed up with seeing me sitting at the kitchen table till goodness knows what hour at night being in the classroom super early and your mental health was impacted and yeah I was really low did you find that that really impacted your home life and being present with your family absolutely I just felt like I couldn't think about other things it was consuming yeah yeah teaching is a vocation and it consumes you and I take my hat off to anyone who says that it doesn't yeah but don't believe them because it does consume you because I think to be all all singing, all dancing, functioning administrator, social worker, everything, all the hats that a teacher wears, you basically commit your soul to it. And it got to a point in my life where I had other things that I needed to be doing that weren't eating up that part of me. Um, So it was bittersweet. Yeah. Because my identity had always been, hi, I'm Charlotte, I'm a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Not yeah. that so they in Tesco's. No, no, no. But people, say, people ask you what yeah. what you do. It's, yeah. that, it's that common it's that question. First, it's the first thing that people ask you when yeah. you first meet someone. It's like, hi, what's your name? What do you do? And actually, being a teacher is a really well-respected job. Yeah. Because everyone's had a teacher in their life and mm-hmm. everyone knows a teacher. And yeah. people who've got children have, have teachers in their lives. Yeah. And it was all of a sudden like, hi, I'm Charlotte, I'm... What? what am I? Am I? Who am yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what? What am I doing? Yeah. Because I'm not a teacher, and that that professional identity, I was really proud of. Yeah, I was yeah. really proud of. And then people say, "What? You, what years do you teach?" And and towards the end of my career, I've been teaching from year R up to year six, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, I do do a bit anywhere." But early years had my heart. Yeah, and I used to love it. Absolutely yeah. loved early years. They're so much fun. Yeah. But also, loads of people are like, "Oh gosh, I couldn't be with those." Yeah. <laughs> Ankle biters was yeah. a normal phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be covered in the snot, but they're just, they're like little sponges and yeah. they come out with the funniest things <laughs> and find find similar things to me funny because yeah. I think in my brain I am still four. Yeah. So, yeah, um, toilet humour. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it was just 
huge loss yeah was that, it, was it was a, a shift yeah. and a big identity thing and actually like I'd love to come back to that in a future mm. episode because I think um that would be a really good thing to talk about um identity in your job role because I'm from a nursing background and so similarly to you like when you when you're in that like vocational job like you say like you find identity in it and you find pride in it yeah and so um yeah you're kind of left when you're when you step away from that left with that who am I? Yeah. I think the word I used a lot was floundering. Yeah. I felt like I was floundering. Yeah. Like, in in teaching, you're very... Everything's very prescriptive. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that that prescription had gone. And I was like, all legs and all arms. I'm yeah. like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an octopus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was an octopus. Yeah. But with only four limbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you'd gone from um, teaching, like we've said, like it's very, um, like there are rules, there are procedures, mm-hmm. like there are things that you have to do, there are um, things that you have to meet. And then you step into this role that is like, polar opposite because like we're saying to you what do you want to do like what do you see would be beneficial here like um how would you like this role to be who are you like what do you want to do um how did you find that transition from like literally like one side of the scale to the 100% other side of the scale That's a really good question. And I think my brain goes to visualising a timetable Mm. and how you get up in the morning, you go to work, and then as a teacher, your days are so prescriptive. You know what's coming, you know when it's coming. You know, goodness me, if someone else wants to use your PE slot, do you have to then change everything everything around? (laughs) And basically, my day had gone from somebody telling me that I needed to get A, B, C and D done in a day to taking away the lines on the timetable. And all of a sudden, there's a whole load of things that need to be done. And no one's saying when I have to do them and how they have to be done and how much time I have to spend on them. And the other thing with teaching is that you don't have a start and an end time. When no. you're a teacher, you're constantly in teacher mode. Wait, so it's not nine till three? No. Oh, sure. No, I know. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, I was in a job where I was turning up and I wasn't having to take loads of stuff home. And obviously, as the job's gone on, things play on your mind. You start to do think about other things. But that planning and preparation was done within my work hours. Yeah. And, and it was just completely different. And I felt really lost. Yeah. I was like, am I, and I was questioning all the time, am I doing it right? Um, Is someone going to suddenly tell me that I'm not doing enough or that I'm doing too much or I'm doing too little? Just loads of questions. And I think that that season of my life was all like I was standing on ice and I'd be, I'd be steady for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I have a bit of a slip and it would really wobble me. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And I tell you what the draw to go back to being in that timetable even now yeah 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 <laughs> is like please just tell me what i need to do yeah. but but the freedom and again like you said we'll probably do another podcast about identity how yeah. i've grown in that has been epic mm. oh man you've gone such a long way <laughs> you really have and <laughs> um, so obviously you've talked about some of the challenges like identity wise but what are some other challenges that you felt um within that transition from teaching to this new role that you can make entirely your own um i think one of the big challenges was to see to see the role as how it was going to serve others rather than how i could people please and do it really well yeah um 
also trial and error. Mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about how how much of a perfectionist I am and how I wanted to do things perfectly the first time. So yeah. actually giving something a go um, and then for it to fall flat on its face yeah. or to say you're going to be running a workshop but then for plans to change and having to cancel it, that, that perfectionist yeah. mindset has been a big big challenge yeah and actually I've done loads of work on that through my time of being a teacher and I thought oh, I'm done with that put that on the shelf yeah, yeah, but yeah, actually yeah. no no yeah, as soon yeah. as soon as you're vulnerable it's like oh and again it's a control thing yeah it's definitely a control thing so and is it like a fear of failure absolutely yeah and what other people think yeah. and and so it's led me to do a lot of deep reflective work in myself yeah because if I'm if I'm not dealing with that stuff myself I sure as heck can't walk other people through doing it. And yeah. that's what my job is now, is, is helping other people walk through their stuff. Yeah, and I think that is one of the most incredible things about what you do, is that you are really good at saying, actually, this is something that I struggle with, mm-hmm. and these are some steps that I've taken to start to overcome it. But I think um, something I admire so much about you is that you are very honest that... Um, where you might have a period where you feel like you're overcoming something really well, you also know the reality of life is that that like it comes back and it yeah. comes in waves, and that you you aren't saying there's this quick fix mm. for everything, but you're saying like this is these are some things that I've done um, to help overcome it, but I have to keep reminding myself yeah. as well. And I think that honesty is like really helpful in what you do. I think I was just on this treadmill of wanting to get to knowing what the role was yeah and now I'm like basically every time I get up and go to work I have no expectation yeah 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 (laughs) because it could be anything from sticking my hand down a u-bend yeah (laughs) (laughs) to helping someone get into their trousers to helping to having to like um start on a safeguarding procedure to running a workshop to having a chat to making a coffee yeah and so I have no expectations now but I've very much got to working on myself and I and I think every morning what we've mentioned in a, another episode that I'm a bit of a fan of a journaler yeah. and one question I ask myself every morning is how do I want to feel when I go to bed tonight yeah. and in the past that would have been very much about me mm-hmm. and how how I want to feel because that would ride on how other people have perceived me yeah and you know what now those things can feel so small the things mm-hmm. that so for example <laughs> I think it was yesterday I'd put down um something like I want to feel accomplished and in the past that would have been like I don't know done something massive yeah but yesterday I dealt with this situation and I had to pull my big girl pants up yeah. and I was like do you know what I do feel accomplished because I faced a fear yesterday and came out of my comfort zone yeah. So just little things like that. And they're the skills that I can then share with other people. Absolutely. Um, so essentially, your role, um, if I'm going to put it really simply, because mm-hmm. it's massive, like your role is basically designed to look after the Beehive team, um, to be a person who is there dedicated to helping them us like be the best that we can be um making our team feel valued um and being a support along the way I mean like I'm gonna be really clear here that is like a fraction of what you do and so um (laughs) it's not that simple there are like I'm constantly astounded by how many things you actually do do um so 
I just want a disclaimer, that is a fraction. I want to be clear. Um, but talk to me about your role and can you tell me what it actually looks like? Okay, so my role as development coach, um, a big clue in that is the word coach. Mm-hmm. So I am actually a professionally accredited qualified coach now as well. I did my training last year. So that what what is a coach? Like for people who don't know, because um, okay. actually some people don't know what a coach is. No. Like, what so, is this? It sounds so American, doesn't it? It does. It really <laughs> yeah. does. And yeah. there has been quite a lot of bad press because a lot of people will call themselves, and I'm doing bunny ears inverted commas now, mm. coaches without the, the actual training. And for me, integrity wise, it was really important for me to have the piece of paper yeah. and to do it with a company who were recognised. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm accredited to the Association for Coaching, yeah. who are the coaching like umbrella for this country. You, people might have heard of the ICF, which are for America. Yeah. Um, so defining a coach, it's easier to define the other two big helpers first. So a counsellor is someone who helps you look to your past yeah. and deal with things to live a, a lovely, healthy life now. And by healthy, I don't just mean physically healthy. Yeah. I mean yeah. thriving life. Yeah. A mentor is someone who knows more than you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a coach, my favourite phrase, you'll know this, a coach is a cheerleader. Yeah. But a really intentional cheerleader. Yeah. So someone will come to me for coaching. My big question is, what's brought you for coaching today? Yeah. A lot of people will sit there and say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. And then I lead into the question, tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah. So someone might come to coaching because they're stuck, mm-hmm. because they might have limiting beliefs in their life. Um, because they so our volunteers might come to me for coaching because they're in a transitional period of life so a coach helps you reflect on where you are now yeah and think about where you want to be and if that's where you want to be in five years amazing Mm -hmm. but one of the phrases that my clients know a lot and I talk about clients because I've got my own business as well um, is that there's power in the next small step yeah so we think about the big thing and then we make it smaller and smaller and smaller so so they take away from a coaching session a tiny thing Mm -hmm. that is going to feel like they have got momentum towards the big thing and a coach gets to hold space and gets to mirror back to the client yeah. what they can see. And it's really powerful, yeah. really powerful. So it's definitely not counselling. No. And it's definitely not mentoring. But if somebody came to me and I recognise that need in them, I signpost them off to other people who are amazing. Yeah. So um, so how do you use that coaching within the Beehive? So coaching for me is all of our volunteers are offered coaching sessions mm-hmm. if they would like to. It's interesting. Very few take me up on it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I... I've been reflecting on recently how I can make it more accessible. Again, I think it's that fear of not knowing what it is. Yeah. But a lot of our, a lot of our volunteers will get coaching from me just in conversations. Yeah. Um, through messaging outside of work, especially yeah. if someone's got an interview, um, mm-hmm. I might message them and say, "Don't forget to think about your confidence." You yeah. know, just those kind Checking of things. In. Checking in. Yeah. Absolutely. So. It doesn't look like it looks for me in my professional capacity for my business. Yeah. It looks a lot more day-to-day. Yeah. I want to say softer and nondescript because it will just depend on who's in front of, of me. Course, yeah. Um, but the biggest way I use my coaching is through the workshops mm-hmm. that I run. Obviously, being a teacher is really integral to be able to teach. Yeah. But through workshops, again, I don't want to teach people things. I yeah. want to hold space for people to get the answers themselves. Of course. So yeah. for me, coaching and teaching has been a match made in heaven yeah. to sit with that. And that's been a massive learning curve because going from teaching, I've been working with children 
yeah. and now for the last <laughs> few years I've been working with adults yeah and um early years has set me up really well to work with adults because <laughs> yeah. basically we're all just tiny tiny beings in big bodies of course but adults are different and adults will come to you with preconceived ideas yeah um judgments all those kind of things yeah. and um, and it's very different facilitating adults to children so coaching has been a great vehicle for me to draw out the gold in people love it absolutely love it um so volunteers are amazing they and are. we have um a load of great ones we're really 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 grateful for that um because they give their time and they give their hearts and like we literally could not exist without volunteers at no. all like it's run who run the world <laughs> volunteers um so what does volunteering look like at the beehive volunteering looks different for every single volunteer yeah but there's the constant and the constant is they're part of our beehive community and family yeah and that is where the roots are for mm-hmm. our volunteers so volunteering could look like spending a couple of hours in the stockroom sorting out clothes yeah it could look like um once a week emptying the washing basket and washing some aprons for yeah. us um, it could look like fixing the toilet, yeah. <laughs> cleaning the windows. Uh-huh. Um, we have one generic um, invitation, I suppose, is a good way for people to volunteer. And that is by working on the shop floor and yeah. being part of our shift. So we run two shifts a day and lots of our, most of our volunteers will come and either do the morning shift or the afternoon shift. And that can be anything from pricing, um, clearing the tables, making coffees, using the till, doing gift aid. Yeah. It's a really skill-filled session. Yeah. But the most important thing is that our volunteers are happy to make other people feel like family and community within the beehive. Absolutely. It's that value. So if you're unconfident on the coffee machine... We're not going to make you use the coffee machine no. because that's not what we're about. We're yeah. about building your confidence as yeah. well. So, but the great thing about that is that um, we we are a team, and we like what like we've said before in previous episodes. Like we're all so different, and mm. we're individuals. Um, but actually, the great thing is that we make an effort to help each other. And so, if someone isn't great at the coffee machine, um someone who is great at the coffee machine can come alongside them and say look like this is what I've learned and I I really struggled with this part but I've practiced and this is how I came to the conclusion that I can do this bit and if you're not great on the till like I mean I always say use the Karen method and press every button until it does what you want favorite method yeah um but like we come alongside each other and we know that we're working as a team and not everyone is going to be confident on every single thing um but we work together and we Mm. help each other and we share our knowledge and share our experience and share our skills and I think that is such an important part of who we are as a team I remember so the tech side of it is um can cause me some anxiety yeah (laughs) it's just I mean I don't mind doing it I can do it but there's things I'd rather be doing so the till all of a sudden then someone sees you because you're part of the core team sees you as an expert and I'm like no 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 we can learn together and that's where simple things that now we are five years down the line and we've got like the handbook it's really good example for me to get the handbook out and say do you know what I can't remember how to do this gift aid thing let's get the handbook out and do it together yeah um 
And that's been me. And I remember Becca the first time I ever had to cash up. <laughs> oh my gosh. She, I mean, it's terrifying. It is terrifying because you feel such a sense of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the fact that we're of, in like, charity. Right. Yeah, 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 the pressure of doing it right. And money is like, it, it's either right or wrong. Yeah. There's no like, oh, well, it's like 20 and a half P. It's just yeah, like, yeah. no, it's, it's either 20 P or it's 21. Yeah, it's yeah. black and white. Yeah. And I'm not a black and white thinker. No. Though. I'm like definitely. Grey every time. Rainbow, Rainbow. in fact. <laughs> <laughs> every time. And all Becca said to me, and it's something I've really held on to, apart from your press all the buttons, which I want you to do, she's like, there's nothing that can't be fixed in the morning. Yeah. And do you know what? That's become quite a phrase for me. There's yeah. nothing that can't be fixed yeah. in the morning. And it's like, and I say that to the volunteers now, it's like, just have a go. Yeah. Just have a go. And it's fine. Yeah. It is absolutely fine. And, and But we don't have that... That wouldn't be on our like volunteer job description, just having a yeah, go. Yeah, just having a go, yeah. But that's the culture. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's the culture we develop. Yeah. yeah, And I think it's, it is a different mindset when you're volunteering because when you're like um, employed in a role, you like we were talking about with teaching stuff, like you kind of have your boxes mm. and things that you have to, like you have to have appraisals and you have to yeah. have this and you have to be checked in on and your performance and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but when you're a volunteer you kind of feel an extra pressure because you don't have those boundaries no. and there's you don't feel like there are those safety nets. Um, and so, like, I think it's it's really important for us with our volunteers to, like, remind them, do you know what? We love you and mm. we know that you're going to do your best, but we're always on the end of the phone. And, like you say, there is nothing that you can do that can't be fixed in yeah. the morning. Yeah. Um, but I think you do have to... Um, like affirm that more often than you would if it was a paid role absolutely you do and and a lot of our volunteers are coming to us for they're volunteers for, for a reason and whether yeah. that reason is because they're retired and they want to fill their time mm-hmm. or they can't get through a job interview because they haven't got any confidence they're yeah. all volunteering for a reason that reason might be that they've heard about the beehive and they love our culture yeah. and they want to be part of it mm-hmm. and it's about finding that reason and using that as almost like a um a stepping stool onto mm-hmm. onto the onto the next thing and and for some of our volunteers they've come to me for some coaching because they want to get confident for a job interview yeah and for other volunteers that wouldn't be applicable they just like coming because they want to be part of community yeah, and actually yeah. they've got their people that do their their coaching in life yeah, yeah yeah and and they don't need us but it's about having that opportunity for people yeah giving people the yeah. opportunity and like one of the things that we are really passionate about like you say is um, if somebody comes to us with the goal of getting back into employment, like we want to equip them to do that. So whether that's upskilling them, um, giving them extra things to put on their CV, yeah. if it's um, like someone who's been out of employment for quite a while and has a massive gap on their CV, like giving them volunteering experience and a reference <laughs> yeah. and a little bit of confidence building and stuff like that. Um, and we love, we, we have this like bittersweet thing, don't we? Because on one hand, we're like, yeah, and we're like waving the pom-poms and we're like cheerleading them along the way and we're like yes 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 you can do this you can do this and then they do it and they get a job and we're like oh oh no we don't want to lose you (laughs) we just get people trained really well up to shift leader and they're able to do all all the things and then they're like i've got really good news and we're like oh Oh, yay but also boo for us it's bittersweet yeah but all of those have 
been stories. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the journey. It's yeah. the journey to that story and then also the journey from when yeah. they leave us absolutely. as well. And I think um, something that we make very clear to our people is that um, once a beehiver, always a beehiver. Yeah. And so, like like you said before, like we, we focus in on community, um, but that isn't like cut off instantly as soon as they like um naff off to somewhere no, else like no. we don't go cool yeah well done. well done slice like it's not that um and so we we always um invite them some don't want to and that is totally mm. fine but we invite them to stay within our community right yeah. yeah we invite people to stay in relationship with us yeah um and the, the main way that we we do that is through our Beehive Community WhatsApp group. Yeah. I mean, you know my bittersweet love for a WhatsApp group, <laughs> but at the moment, it's the only media, the only yeah. kind of like media that is useful for for that. Yeah. Um, the amount of gifts. Oh my that gosh! Into that group, <laughs> the gifts. I mean, we did. I mean, we we use our WhatsApp groups really well. And at the beginning of, I think it was the beginning of this year, we we changed to having two WhatsApp groups. Yeah. One for admin because the important stuff would get lost lost in the gifts. But the you know again, it caused us to reflect on well, what is the important stuff? Yeah. The, yeah. the technical running, the ins and outs of the day, they are important. But actually, the community is more yeah, important. Absolutely. So we have now got a Beehive community yeah. group, um, and, and that means that people who have who've gone away i mean like tracy now lives in africa yeah. but she stays in the group and stays connected she's and still part of the um, group like there'll be a, a i've done an interview with her so that that'll be coming out at a later point um and so like that's amazing and for her it's like a lifeline mm. to still feel connected um and we have people who go away and come back we and um, but they remain in that community group and then they feel like they can come back yeah. and so it's yeah. a really big thing isn't it it's a it's a massive thing and it's actually something that um with the cost of living crisis and everything going on we've been say we I <laughs> in my head yeah. myself and I yeah. I've been thinking more about how we can support our, our volunteers yeah. and I think it's just about having opportunities to, yeah. to, to invite the volunteers too because you're not going to get a lot of our volunteers have got their social groups that they want to hang out with they've got their families yeah. but it's about knowing that somebody has thought about you and put yeah. something on so literally I've just been planning for for next year yeah. and um, we've got four volunteer events which yeah. we're going to set up and they will be for the whole Beehive community yeah. so if people have been part of our community before mm-hmm. they'll hear about them they'll be invited it'll, yeah. be, it'll be lovely and, th- and it's then when you get those people in a room and they share their Beehive stories mm-hmm. that's that's when the magic happens oh we love stories don't we we do, oh, we do love stories um obviously like there's so much we could talk about um and you'll be coming back at another point um but just if someone was considering volunteering with us mm-hmm. do it do it <laughs> um if someone was considering volunteering with us like how would they go about doing that so um we are now very tech savvy and we have our online volunteering form so we have lauren who is our admin assistant who has taken from me (laughs) which is an absolute joy all of the volunteer um, recruitment and onboarding so it's left me far freer to do the pastoral and the relational stuff so you can find us by jumping into our bio on Instagram and there's an online form um, link on there you can come into the store 
where we have an iPad, then you can do it. And the great thing about the iPad in the store is that there'll be another human being there to sit yeah. and support you through filling it in. So if you feel a bit anxious about filling it in online, yeah. no worries. We are we just again press all the buttons till it does what we Karen want it to method. do. Yeah, the Karen method. We've got a poster in the window of the shop that's got a QR code that if what? you just put your camera on your phone, hold it up to the QR code and it'll bring up a little thing that you can go to the link. And you can also email Beehive Ashford. Hello at Hello at You can also email us at Hello Ashford. No! Hello Ashford. How did you do that? <laughs> We've Hello, literally Ashford. just had a conversation about how hard it is to say in the moment. I'm gonna do it. I'm um, gonna do it. You can do Hello it. Beehive. No! no. <laughs> I've got it. Hello. Okay, I've got it. Hello at beehiveashford.com. Yes! <laughs> Why don't I run the comms? <laughs> Do you want to swap, swap jobs? <laughs> Can you imagine? Absolutely. Um, and just email Lauren and she'll ping one out to you. But yes. On, and then equally, if you can't remember any of that, just give us a ring at the yeah. shop and someone will, will tell you how to do it. Yeah, it's very um, easy. But I, I suggest coming in and filling it in on the um, iPad because yeah. you can sit and have a coffee with us and, yeah. and get to know us And ask questions well. in the moment. And, and ask um, questions. And as yeah. you can tell, we are definitely not professional, polished or perfect. We are not. So <laughs> we pride ourselves on such. <laughs> I was saying to Gazzle, um, I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say this right because I never say that email yeah, address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. enough trouble remembering my own. But oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember mine either. Yeah. So. It's I mean, hello it... at beehiveashford.com. Nearly yes, did it mate. wrong again. Oh, I've well got done. it now. <laughs> Join yeah. our team. Clearly, we it are is a, a lot of, of it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it a lot, lot of fun. fun. And do you know what? We've had some people come and volunteer and we weren't right for them. Yeah. We weren't right for them. And yeah. that's fine. That is fine. And we've actually helped other people find volunteering positions with other charities. Yeah. Because if you want to give your time, we'd love to help you find someone yeah, who absolutely. would love to receive that yeah. gift from you. So, And I think it's like... Well, every place is different and mm. every personality is different. And I mean, we've talked about before, like, um, that actually it's a really beautiful thing when people are different. Um, but that goes for, like, organisations as yeah. well. And we are very unique, like, both in what we do, but yeah. also as a team. And we are um, very different from a normal professional environment. And obviously we have professionalism mm-hmm. and we have um, standards and we have values, but um, it's really important that you have the same values as we have and we have the same values as you have. So yeah. it's okay if it doesn't work out. And it's also okay if you don't like us. Like, oh that my is gosh. totally fine. Abs- absolutely. We've we've had people come in and they just be like, yeah, this isn't this isn't the place for me. And, yeah. and that is 100% because okay. Like our whole tagline is creating place like for people to thrive. Yeah. Um, and... We want people to thrive, mm. and you don't thrive in an environment that you don't like. So no, no, you it's don't. totally okay if you come and have a taster session, and you're like, actually, nah, I'll just stick with having coffee here, but I don't really want to be part of the team. Yeah, like. the only thing that I really struggle with is if we have a volunteer that then just disappears off the face of the earth because yeah, I don't no worry. Don't ghost us. Because <laughs> then my mama bear comes out, and I yeah. get really worried. So just have yeah. a chat with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not no scary. ghosting. No, go- right. no Definitely. Yeah. No, no ghosting. No, ghosting. no we don't um, do ghosties. No. Um, but volunteers are so important. 
important to us. And um, I just want to take a moment as well to thank you for all that you do because you do Aww. an incredible job and um, we love you. Thanks. We love you so much. <laughs> um, so always a pleasure. Um, we could spend days chatting, you and I. If you've ever seen any of our past stuff with <laughs> Thousand Hours, you'll know that um, yeah. we could go on forever. Um, but you're going to be back another day and we'll talk yeah. about other things. Um, we're going to be talking about workshops at another yeah. point as well. Um, so thank you for giving us insight into your role. And um, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yay. See you next time, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode on Rubies and Gold. You won't want to miss an episode, so make sure you like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on. We'd also love to hear from you. Reach out and tell us your thoughts, or if you have questions to ask, drop us an email at rubiesandgoldpod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or just stop by for coffee one day if you're nearby. We'd love to see you.